Welcome to the Lifting Lessons at Lunch, hosted by Calvary Baptist Church of Statham, Georgia. My name is Matt Dibler, and I have the great privilege of pastoring Calvary Baptist Church. This podcast can be heard every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. And now, here is our speaker for today. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Lifting Lessons at Lunch. It's so good to have you tuned in today and we trust that today's podcast will be a blessing to you. Today I'm beginning a series on music in the local church. Very controversial, or it can be. It shouldn't be, but it can be. First of all, today I want us to notice that the people of God are singing people. The role of music in worship is biblical. After escaping from the Egyptians and crossing the Red Seas, the people of Israel sang a song to the Lord in Exodus chapter number 15. Singing was part of Israel's formal worship in both the tabernacle and the temple. In 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 31 and 32, these are the men of David put in charge of the music in the house of the Lord after the ark came to rest there. They ministered with music before the tabernacle, the tent of meeting until Solomon built the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. They performed their duties according to the regulations laid down before them. They used their trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments to accompany their songs of praise to God. The Psalms bear rich testimony that in joy and sorrow, in praise or lament, the faithful raise their voices in song to God. Hymn singing was practiced in the New Testament by Jesus and his disciples in Matthew chapter 26, verse 30. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. The Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verses, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. From its inception, music was there. In Job 38, 7, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. To its consummation, when we all get to heaven and we'll be singing blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb of God forever and ever. Creation is musical. All nature sings. Around me rings the music of the spheres. Human music making, music making participates in the music of creation and reflects the order, beauty, and the diversity of God's creation. You see, the church, the Christian church, and yes, the Baptist church is a singing church. When I say singing, not a concert, but from our inner being, we find a, a necessity to sing. Singing is the highest form of human expression. What I'm saying is that the church which does not sing is not a church. The praise of God in song is one of the indispensable forms of the ministry of the church. I've heard stories, you've heard stories about the, the underground church, maybe in China or other places, that they have a leader that just hums through the song. While everybody else listens. Why? They don't want to go to jail. And they don't want their, their church to be destroyed. But yet they recognize that music is necessary to a worship service. While we in America 
are silent. Let's everyone stand. Let's sing. Holy, holy, holy. And we remain silent. That's not right. We're to be a singing church. You see, singing is a ministry that belongs to all the people of God. The congregation, believe it or not, is a primary choir. The role of the Calvary Choir and musicians is to aid the people of God in their worship. While we sing choir special and individual specials, we primarily need congregational singing. Choir singing should enhance congregational singing, and congregational singing should enhance choir singing. You see, they work hand in hand. All the members of the congregation join in song to worship the Lord. And the life of the church will suffer if we do not have the right kind of music. You see, singing is not a spectator sport. It's for all to participate. The principal direction of congregational singing is upward to the Lord. Psalm 96, 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Music is made, first of all, to the Lord. And secondary, to us. Music should communicate and express a sense of awe and wonder as we enter into the presence of God. It should lead our thoughts toward God rather than toward ourselves and what's going on around us. God can be glorified by beautiful sounds and spirits can be uplifted by a pleasing melody. But it is primarily the joining of tune and lyric that gives a meaning to Christian songs. Not only should both the tune and the lyric glorify God and be consistent with each other, but the tune must serve the lyric. Music is always the servant of the lyric. It's, it's, it's what the lyric is, and the, mune, the, the, the tune enhances that. But sad to say in many churches today, regardless of denomination, it seems that the use of music and worship has become anything but honoring to His name. It makes His praises less than glorious. It seems to be entertainment rather than an offering to God. Some churches are hopelessly divided. I can say we at Cal, we're not divided. We know what good music is. But some churches are hopelessly divided and are the battlegrounds of conflict and strife over the style issue. The words worship and praise and praise and worship have become catchwords to define certain styles of music. All music should be praise and all music should be worship. In some churches today, it seems that style trumps substance. Performance trumps presentation. Entertainment trumps edification of the saint and exaltation of the Savior. Talent is promoted over touch. Talent is promoted over touch. I much rather have the touch of God on a song than a talented person singing a song that doesn't touch my heart and doesn't get me into the throne room of heaven. It seems like we won't only put people on the stage that have exceptional ability. 
we're all incorporated in this thing of worship. The worship services of too many churches resemble nothing more than a worldly rock concert with the use of lights, smoke, and dark auditoriums. In the eyes of the fire marshal, a church and a nightclub is the same now because of the dark lights, because of the, because, because of uh, the strobes, because of the, the high decibel of, of the songs that are being sung. They have put us on the level of nightclubs. How far have we come? Services taken on a worldly culture, seemingly to draw a crowd and to draw attention to themselves rather than attention to God. It has caused church splits, division. Pastors have left churches refusing to bow down to pressure, thinking that changing our music will attract a younger crowd and cause church growth. But folks, there's an opposite extreme as well. There are churches that refuse to sing anything contemporary in style and who have become very judgmental of anything or anyone that doesn't believe the way they believe. They feel they have the truth and everyone else is wrong. They refuse to have expression in their singing or use, use instruments that the world has taken over and used. Just because an instrument is used worldly does not mean it not can be used for the glory of God. You see, you cannot separate truth and love. Truth without love will lead to legalism, and love without truth will lead to, liber to liberalism. It would serve us all well to remember that one time or another, all songs were contemporary. With contemporary meaning existing, occurring now, living in the same time, belonging to the same time. Even the hymns that we love today and cherish were frowned upon when first presented. There were songs like, At the Cross, At the Cross, where I first saw the light. They didn't want in our churches. There were songs like, What a friend we having Jesus they did not want in our services because they were new when we all get to heaven since Jesus came in our heart because of the tempo they did not want them in the church there are many voices asking many questions about the purpose and practice of music in the church today books by the hundreds are being written that we may bring some sort of unity concerning music to the local church. I'm going to leave you with one verse, or say two verses. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. And notice this command, come before his presence with singing. That means that we're all to be singers in that heavenly congregation that sings every Sunday, every Wednesday, we're to be a part of it. Well, that's the introduction. And we'll get a little bit deeper into it as the weeks go ahead. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be singing Christians. Help us to be Christians that love the songs of Zion.
But Lord, help us not to go too far and beyond what you'd have us go. Help us to keep everything God-honoring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.